Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Ha. So welcome if you're visiting today. Um, you've come in in the near the end of a series called Encountering God. Uh, we are a church who believes that God is alive and you can encounter him on a daily basis. <laughs> you can count him, you can encounter him on a, and count on him, and you can encounter him on a minute-by-minute minute basis, a second-by-second second basis. And I believe God can radically change your life in a second. But my topic today is encountering God through challenge. <laughs> and I wanted to start with that clip because I wanted to start with this. We win. Amen. We win. We've ended a battle that is already. I wanted to start with a message that we win. Excellent. I'll, co- I'll come back a bit. It might help. Um, it's getting good now. There are challenges in life for us all. And I think if I went around the room today and say, who's had a challenge? I'd, I'd be gobsmacked if every single one of us didn't put our hand up. Who's in the middle of a challenge? I bet a large percentage of us would also put our hand up. And so often as Christians we think that God has kind of deserted us if we're in the middle of a challenge. I'm going to suggest to you today that that's the opposite. I'm going to suggest to you today that when Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, he meant it. It's not often preached, is it? But listen what the end of the verse says. It says, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. You see, the fact that Jesus has overcome the world doesn't distract from the trouble, but it helps us take heart in the midst of the challenge that he's in control. Challenge is good, not bad, because we know that Jesus overcome, and ultimately we are overcomers. (laughs) so who has a challenge going on in their life right now then I want to say take heart because I believe that your breakthrough is at hand the bigger your challenge the bigger the breakthrough (laughs) the Bible is absolutely full of people who had challenge I would say the majority of people you read of in the Bible had to cope with challenge in life. Good challenge and bad challenge. And indeed, if we want to make an impact on this world, I think that we can't really effectively do that without challenge. You see, God hasn't called us to a comfortable existence. He's called us to the challenge of the kingdom. 
Listen, hear me, hear me properly. I, I believe that I should be the happiest person on the planet. And if you know Jesus, so should you be. But we're talking about challenge here. We're not talking about happiness or joy. You see, because if you truly understand who Jesus is, you can have joy and happiness in the midst of the challenge. And that's what I'm talking about today. Uh, it, <laughs> if we had a proper piano, nothing wrong with this piano, but a, pre, a proper piano works on the tension of the string. That, that when a piano tuner comes in and he, and he or she tunes the piano, they tune the string to a tension that produces a sound. Are you following me? The challenge in our life is meant to produce tension that has the opportunity of producing a perfect pitch. Or a duff note. <laughs> what determines that is how we deal with the tension in the midst of the challenge. How do we deal with attention in the midst of the challenge? I want to make it very clear at the beginning. Sickness is not a challenge from God. But how you cope with sickness is. I don't believe that any sickness comes from God as a challenge. But I do believe that as we rise in that challenge, that we can encounter God in that place whilst we wait for our healing to come. And the tension in that is there. And we have to acknowledge the tension. It's fine to acknowledge the tension. But God is a good God, and He doesn't fill us with sickness. Sickness does not come from God. But we must find the tension, and we must be able to cope in the midst of that sickness with encountering God in the middle of it. Most of us, most of the mighty men and women who have done amazing things for God have had challenges to overcome. And I could, I could list virtually the Bible, but people like Joseph, Job, Gideon, Peter, John the Baptist, who instantly had his head cut off, Paul, what about Mary? What about Mary? Yeah. Here's a challenge, Mary. Do you fancy having a kid? What? But I'm just a teenager and I'm not even married. And I'm actually, I'm engaged to be with another guy. I, but Mary, do you want to have a kid? Do you want to bear the Son of God? That's a challenge. Most of the disciples died for their faith. We read some great stories of how God shook prisons and released them and all that kind of stuff. But we also read some stories where they were in prison for a very long time. And most of them died. They had the challenge of being in prison and they had the challenge of dying for their faith, became martyrs. True challenge, I believe, means that we have to rely on something called faith. What is faith? It is the substance of things hoped for but not seen. In the midst of the challenge, whatever that challenge is for you, we have to begin to operate in a place of faith where the, it, the faith speaks the opposite of the challenge that faces us. Faith, faith is not faith if you, can, if you can attain it. You have to not be able to see it. 
to attain it. Ah, some of you have... Listen what Hebrews says, and it's not Hebrews 1, but listen what it says. It says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. You see, God created everything out of something that wasn't visible. And in His creative mode, He created everything without being able to see it. And what we have today is a creation from God Himself that He's seen in another realm almost. Come on. Faith is what's needed in the midst of our challenge. Moses was a great guy. I love the story of Moses. He started out in faith. His mother started out in faith by putting a very small baby in a basket and setting it out on the Nile. Believing for her baby. And of course, her baby was, just happened to be picked up by royalty. <laughs> he was brought into a royal household, but his DNA, his blood, was not Egyptian. He was an Israelite. Even though he was brought up different. The story of Moses goes on that they killed, he killed an Egyptian. So Moses was a murderer. There's a challenge. And he spent 40 years in the desert. He also spent another 40 years. There's a challenge. He looked after sheep. He saw a burning bush that began to talk to him. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. You cannot make this up. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, really. So this bush began to speak to him. And in the midst of the challenge of a bush speaking, the challenge came. Moses, go back to the king and tell him you want his workforce to be set free. A little bit of a challenge for Moses, yeah? Moses also had a speech impediment. So not only did he have to go back to a place where he killed someone, not only did he have to go to a king where the king but he had to tell the king that his workforce was gone. The challenges were huge for this man. He also had to tell the king that God said, if you don't let my people go, I'm going to bring plagues on your land. Where he talks about water into blood and frogs and gnats and flies and death of livestock. Where he talks about, listen king, God's going to bring locusts and darkness and all the firstborn males are going to die. What a challenge to bring to a king. Yet Moses rose to the challenge. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the breakthrough. And Moses had his challenge, had his eyes in faith set on a nation being set free. <laughs> he followed fire by night and a cloud by day. There's a challenge. Till he got to the Red Sea, which opposed another challenge. An army behind him, a Red Sea in front of him. And then they got through the Red Sea and the army was destroyed. But then the Bible describes the people, I love this phrase, as a stiff-necked people. Basically, they moaned a lot. 
And Moses had the challenge then of having met all of the criteria to see these people moaning and groaning. Food from heaven came, water from a rock came, yet they still moaned and they still groaned. What a challenge for Moses. But Moses was a man who knew what it was to encounter God in a challenge. And we often read of Moses in those times, not just in Burnham Bush, but going up a mountain. Going up a mountain to encounter God. While the people boiled down their gold and turned it into a calf so they could worship a golden calf. Moses says, in the midst of that challenge, I need to encounter God. I need to withdraw. <laughs> I need God's presence. I need to encounter God in the midst of this challenge. I've got a, a DVD clip I want to show you about Moses and about some of the challenges he faced. So, I bet you've never seen Moses like that before. He's a man, when I read about him, who inspires me. And you know, right throughout the children of Israel's time in the desert, their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. They got water from a rock. And they got manna from heaven. You see, even though in the desert, <laughs> God was still there, encountering them in their challenge. I just want to say to you that, that most of us today, we run from challenge. And I believe God wants us to embrace challenge. Amen. But to embrace it with an encounter from God. Amen. I kind of cope with challenge outside of God. But I can cope a lot better with challenge inside of God. We just put that other DVD on. Um, I was talking to Nigel uh, last week and, and, and uh, he was telling me about a butterfly and how, as it's cocooned like this, this bit here, the struggle, the struggle <laughs> to be transformed into a thing of beauty from a cocoon is really important. And he was telling me that if, if you were to help this butterfly at this point, at this point of struggle... It might never fly. <laughs> you see, the struggle strengthens the wings to fly. That's what happens. And we're not exempt from challenge as Christians. But we are supposed to handle challenge differently. In the struggle, in the midst of the encounter with God, will, I guarantee you, produce strength to fly. It will produce strength to fly. We are challenged also to be mature Christians, not to be on milk. You know, if our teenagers are still drinking milk and dependent on milk, there's something sadly wrong. And I've been to many churches and seen many Christians who've been Christians 20, 30, 40 years and they're still drinking milk. There's a challenge to us all as Christians to be mature. Ephesians said, so Christ himself 
give some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to equip the people for works of service. The job of leadership is to equip, by the way, so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining, the reason, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You see, if you remain a child, you cannot attain to the full measure. Our call is definitely, our challenge is definitely a place of maturity. The Bay Church at the moment is in a place of challenge. Right now, we're in a place of challenge. We've got a building that's too small for us. We've got a harvest field that we need to see one. And we're in a place of challenge. How will we respond to the challenge? Maybe we need two or three million quid for a new building. I'd love to see it's going to fall out of the sky like manna, but it's probably going to fall out of someone's pocket. That's the truth. But that's maturity, isn't it? Can we, can we, can we understand that as we mature, we, we attain the fullness? Can we challenge or test God? That's a question. I wouldn't recommend you challenging God, but it's a question for you. There is a place in the Bible which talks about us being able to test God. Most of us are going, where's that? But actually, most of us know the end of the test because we know the verse very well. But we generally take it out of context. But it says this. It says, Will a mere man rob God? Yet you rob me. You ask, how do we rob you, God? In tithes and offering. You're under a curse, he says. Your whole nation, because you rob me. Because the whole tithe is not coming into the storehouse. He says, test me in this and see if the Lord God Almighty, listen, this is the verse we know, will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will be not enough room for you to contain it. We know the end of that, but actually the beginning of it is about tithing. Listen, I'm not sure I believe in tithing anymore because I think it's too restrictive. It's too restrictive. But God's saying, I want you to be mature in your generosity. I want you to make a difference in your generosity. He's calling us the challenges for us to be mature. If you don't have a big enough challenge in your faith journey, you don't have a big enough dream. To dream big, there are big challenges. I love the story of Jonah. Jonah, he's a great guy. I just, I just think he's, you know, Jonah's a bit real, isn't he? He's a bit like, so he gets this word from, this prop, from, from God to go and tell a nation that God wants to turn that nation to, them, to himself. And Jonah decides, I tell you what, I'll go the opposite way. He ran away on a boat, if that's possible. I think it is possible. He ran away on a boat. 
ran away from the word of God, from the word of life. You see, because the word he had in him had life for a nation. The weightiness of the word caused him to run in the opposite direction. How many of us have been there? I know I've been there. The weightiness of the word, God says, go that way, and you go that way. But what happened, there was a storm. I love the story. There was a storm, and, and the sailors began to turf their luggage overboard, and the storm still continued. And then they said, let's draw lots to see whose fault the storm is. <laughs> and of course, poor Jonah drew the lot, and it was him. And then, and then there's this interesting conversation where the sailor says to Jonah, what do you think we should do? And Jonah says, I know, throw me overboard. <laughs> what? <laughs> they tried to throw the baggage overboard and that didn't help. Listen, it's an important point. Sometimes we think it's all about the baggage we carry when it's about the word of obedience in our heart. See, it wasn't about the baggage they had on the boat. It was about the word he was carrying, the word of life. And listen, we've all got baggage. Oh, but you don't know how I was brought up. You don't know this. You, I do know that. But listen, God has wanted to plant a word in you that brings life to a nation. And the enemy wants to keep you in that place where you're focused on your baggage. It's not about your baggage. It's about the kingdom and his word. And it's about the challenge of you delivering that. That's what it's about. Don't run from your challenge. It might just win a city for God. I believe the challenge that's on this place is a challenge to win a region. It's a challenge to see the harvest and it's a challenge to see this region changed from the worst place to the best place. From the worst poverty to the richest. From the worst place where you can be unemployed to a place where there's no unemployment. To a place where business is attracted to this region. I believe, I believe that the challenge I have on my life is to see this region changed. And I look out there and I see the evidence in front of me. And I need faith exercised to believe that this region will be changed for Jesus. But I'm believing for it. I am believing for it with all my heart. I'm up for the challenge to see this place changed. I am. I believe this region will be changed. Let me finish with a story about Ruth. Ruth is an amazing lady of God again. Amazing challenge here. Her husband dies. Her kids die. Her mother, she goes, she's with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Naomi tries to get her to go home. But instead, Ruth is determined to stay with her mother-in-law. And she makes a covenant agreement with her mother-in-law from Ruth 1.16. It says this, Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Listen what she says. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. 
May the Lord deal with me ever so severely if even death separates me from you. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. She was certainly determined. Here's a picture of the difference between church and family. I'm going to try and be good here. Certainly better than I was last night. We don't need church in that sense. We need family. We need family who are prepared to make covenants, agreements together that when the going gets tough, we'll stay. We'll stay. The challenges ahead look difficult, but I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stay. Because God's called me into a covenant agreement. He's speaking a lot about covenants agreements. And I believe that that's the very difference between a church and a family. I want to say to you that Ruth, her next challenge was that they were starving. <laughs> you know, these are big challenges, aren't they? And remember the story, she went into a field to, to collect the grain left from around the edges. It's called gleaning. In, in the biblical days, they were allowed to collect from the edges of the field. The poor people were allowed to collect from the edges of the field so that they could feed themselves. <laughs> but as Ruth was there, in the midst of that challenge, morning, afternoon, and night, she collected. It says that the attention of someone called Boaz was drawn to her. Why was the attention of Boaz drawn to her? It said, the Bible says, because he's seen how hard she worked. In the midst of challenge, she wasn't waiting for another word. She was in the field collecting. In the midst of challenge, she was in the field collecting, wanting to encounter God. But she went in that field to collect food. Morning, day and night. And Boaz saw her. I think we've all had challenges and we all know how difficult they are when you're in the middle of them. But I want to tell you, when you feel it's your worst, your kinsman redeemer is just round the corner. Boaz was her kinsman redeemer and she didn't know that. She worked hard until she got to the place where her kinsman redeemer stepped in. And he said to the workforce, listen, leave a bit extra for her. The favor came towards her. Leave a bit extra for her. Because I've seen how hard she's working. It's an amazing story of how in the midst of challenge she encountered God and her kinsman redeemer turned up. She was an amazing woman. Uh, the story goes on to say that <laughs> her mother-in-law tried to get her married off to Boaz and, you know, it, it, was, it was an interesting story. <clears throat> she said, 
go and put your best dress on, get a bit of lippy on, bit of, bit of, bit of um, perfume, and um, get yourself off to the field when Boaz is resting, and he's had a few wines, and um, you'll be in there. That's the Geordie version, but it kind of goes something like that. I'm from Walker, what can I say? Yeah. You know, you know when Beckham named his kids after places, you know David Beckham named his kids after places we can see? Well, that's always been happening in Walker. So I met somebody the other day called Bus Stop. <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? It's bad. I better behave. <laughs> so there was Ruth, and off she went. All dressed up. Boaz had had a few beers. And she was a woman of integrity. The Bible says she lay at his feet. Just covered herself with the edge of the blanket. She was a woman of integrity. In the midst of, in ch of challenge, it's important we keep our integrity. And we keep our value for who God is and for who you are as a Christian. Challenge comes to everyone, whether you're a Christian or not. But we're not exempt from challenge. But what I want to say to you, if we embrace the challenge, if we encounter God in the challenge, your breakthrough will come. Rest assured, your breakthrough will come, and the word that you're carrying will change a nation. I want you to begin to believe that. <laughs> because unless you believe it, you'll not see it. I'm not asking you to see it right now. I'm asking you to believe it. God has placed a word in each one of us. You might think, oh, I'm not going to change a nation. I'm going to change the neighbor. Well, if that's where it starts, fantastic. But actually, we need to get a word in our heart that says, God wants to change cities, regions, and nations. He wants to change the law. Because his heart is to draw people to himself. So whatever your challenge is, whatever you're going through right now, whatever you've been through that's st still painful to you, I want to tell you that there's an encounter that you can have with a living God that might not change your situation immediately, but will ultimately bring a breakthrough in your life. And I want to say to you, in the midst of struggle, you strengthen your wings to fly. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. He will always be with you. And when you're at your worst, and you're scrounging around the ground just for something to eat, your kinsman redeemer is at hand. Your kinsman redeemer is at hand. Do you know Ruth's line? Her great-grandfather? King David. You know who came from that line? Jesus. Did Ruth know that when she was scrounging around a field for some grains to stay alive? Of course she didn't. She didn't know that. Did God know that? Yeah, God knew that. God knew that. She affected the whole world let alone a nation. Because of her obedience, 
and because of her willingness to stay pure in the time of challenge. So my encouragement to you today is this, whatever your challenge is, whatever you're going through, you can encounter God in the midst of it. And don't let your baggage slow you down. Why don't you just stand to your feet? I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the band to come up. So I want you to think of your challenge. And where you've pushed your challenge away, (laughs) I kind of want us to begin to embrace the challenge. But listen, we need to embrace it with God in the middle of it. I don't want you embracing any challenge without the encounter of God. Because I know that your challenge will still be there, whether you encounter God or not. (laughs) But I know that your challenge will become a breakthrough with the encounter of God. So God, I pray for each and every single person in this place today. We thank you, Father, that there is not a place where we can go that your Spirit will not find us. Thank you, Father, that there's not a challenge that we have that we cannot encounter you in. I thank you, Father, that the people in this room are carrying life-giving words that will change neighbors, cities, regions, and nations. Father, I awaken again the prophecies and dreams that have been given to these people, that their baggage has slowed them down, and cause them to lose sight on the word of life that they have in them and has caused them to focus on the baggage that they carry. And Jesus, we just give you right now that baggage. We say, where we need healed, come and heal us. Where we need to feel the lightness of the Lord, let us feel him becoming that to us and we begin to feel lighter in our spirits. Where our hearts need healed, would you bring healing to our hearts? And maybe you're in the room today and the sound of my voice and maybe you've never ever surrendered or given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never had a God encounter. (laughs) You know what makes us Christians crazy? It's because we've had a God encounter. It's not a religion. It's an encounter with a living God and you cannot encounter God and stay normal. (laughs) You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. You can have religion and stay normal, but you can't encounter God and be normal because he changes you. So if you're in that place today and you've never encountered God, you've never known what it is to encounter the living God, then you're a breath away from encountering him. Because all you have to do is ask. (laughs) 
Maybe you've never prayed before. All it is is you asking, God, can I encounter you? I've tried this challenge on my own, and it's hard. (laughs) Can I encounter you in the midst of this challenge? I invite you in to my life and into this challenge so we can walk it together. Yeah. Yeah. So I release the dreams. I release the breakthroughs. I release the words of life to cities and to nations. In Jesus' name.